Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Oh, hey there, it's Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am excited to let you know that every now and then I do these book summaries or book highlights where I take books, key concepts, the key insights, and I suck out the actionable nuggets and the positive psychology so that you can put the knowledge into practice right away into your life. So I highlighted such a good book. Every now and then I host book clubs for different organizations and I hosted this book club for Recovery Today magazine. And I was so excited and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take the content and I'm going to put it here on our podcast because there's so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom here. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy this. And if you love this concept, feel free to head on over to my other podcast called Live Life Happy. If you want a treasured trove of book summaries and highlights and author interviews, I would love to have you there. Okay, without further ado, let's jump in. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I am the author of Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction. I'm also the founder of the SYKM community, and I'm so excited because I'm highlighting such a great book today, and um, we're going to jump right in. So basically, we're going to talk all about balancing your discipline, how you can find tools for spiritual growth on a road that's less traveled. So how disciplined are you in your life, right? It's amazing how sometimes we fall off, you know, the bandwagon or we maybe, you know, uh, lose motivation and it's hard to stay on track or, you know, do what might be right for us. So we want to make sure that we're focused on our goals. We want to remove temptations that are all around us. And you know what? Sometimes we need to recover from mistakes as well, right? So sometimes, you know, we're willing to keep trying and we're willing to tolerate the discomfort that might come from perseverance. And uh, that discomfort actually helps us to grow and to get better, you know, but there's specific ways in life that are like a road that's less traveled, takes a lot of effort and courage. So it's not an easy path, right? When we want to go on this path of growth and enlightenment, and we want to move forward and have this idea of spiritual growth and just growth in general in our life. It's actually one of the elements of well-being is is accomplishment and growth and having that nice growth mindset really helps us in many ways in our life. So the path is not easy though, right? So the path to enlightenment is far more rewarding, but it's not easy. So we are going to talk about, you know, this idea, you've heard the expressions, take the high road or the road to hell, or, you know, take the scenic route. There's so many metaphors relating to 
roads in our life, right? Um, but, you know, there are, there's this one road that we're going to talk about, and that's the idea of the road that's less traveled. And in the book, The Road Less Traveled, Scott Peck teaches us how to live a more fulfilling life just by practicing discipline and developing a better understanding of love and religion and grace in our life. And now this book is so fantastic because it really does let us find out what the steps are that we need to take in order to grow, in order to become more balanced and dare I say it, the best version of the person that we want to be. And so we're going to jump into this. In this book summary, we'll literally take a trip down this road and we'll learn how to um, apply concepts that can lead us down this path of spiritual growth. We're going to discover basically an approach that will help us find out the power of delaying gratification. Now, this is huge. And you know, I'm obsessed with positive psychology. So delaying gratification is one of the tools or the approaches that can actually help us tap into our power and really um, meet our goals and, and things like that and have this wonderful spiritual growth. Now it takes effort. You're going to see everything takes effort here is not the not an easy road it's the road less traveled um, and then we're also going to discover and we're going to uncover um, how love is something more than just a feeling um, and we're going to talk all about that he talks about that within his book and he also talked about um, why being lazy is a common human trait and that it prevents growth, our growth. And it's just very common because we're a human. So let's jump into this um, book summary and some of the key takeaways and all the actionable nuggets that you might be able to apply to your life right away. So having a better life starts with practicing what's called self-discipline and developing the habit of delayed gratification. So in his book, Scott Peck really teaches us that it's simple. It's a simple fact of life that each day is going to come with problems, struggles, challenges. We're not immune to it. And I always say that in the positive psychology world, right? It's not always sunshine and butterflies. So once we recognize this, then we're better able to find solution, to be solution focused and to really help ourselves grow and learn from this. And, you know, sometimes we, if we live in the delusion that, oh my gosh, like this is happening to me again, or look at all the struggles I'm enduring here, then that makes us go into a place of learned helplessness, basically. It's like, oh, well. Um, so the idea here is to recognize that struggle, challenge, it's a part of life. It is a wonderful way, actually, that you can shift your perspective that's actually healthier for you. It's the best tool that you can give yourself because the second you know that, you know what, life is going to be presenting challenges, that we are not immune to struggle, it immediately gives us this opportunity to practice self-discipline and to find the tools that are going to help you move out of the challenge and the struggle. And so, one of the tools he talks about in his book is um, getting familiar with this idea of delayed gratification. So let's talk about that. So what is delayed gratification and how can it help us? So no one likes to wait for something good, right? I mean, I, I know I have experienced that. It's like we 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 don't want to wait for it. We, you know, we want that dessert even before dinner if we could have it. Um, we tend to live our lives according to this same philosophy, right? This way, you know, of life it's called basically it's like play now 
pay later. It's like, okay, let's play now. And then I'll take the consequence. Like now let's go out and have fun. You know, maybe you skip, skip a class so you can hang out with your friends or you delay studying so you can go out and have fun and you deal with the consequences later. Right. So instead of focusing and studying you, you know, you'll deal with the consequences later. So we're playing now and we pay for it later. So this is the idea here. So what we want to do is it's actually hard to delay gratification because we're wired to seek pleasure, right? We're wired to avoid pain. So to put it in another way, like we're controlled by our impulses. We're in controlled by these impulses of pleasure immediately. We want that. We want to play now. And so this is challenging, right? So delayed gratification is actually the act of resisting an impulse or or it's uh, it's about taking an immediate available reward in hopes of obtaining a more value reward in the future. Okay, I just got really sciencey on you. So basically what it is, is you're delaying a reward right now because you know the other desired reward in the future of that delay is going to be that much sweeter. It's going to be that much better. And what comes to mind too is the um, marshmallow experiment in the positive psychology world. And, and what they did is they basically delayed if kids wanted to wait instead of getting one marshmallow, they'll get more marshmallows. But so many people had troubles, so many of these children had troubles delaying and waiting for the, 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 you know, if they waited, they'll get more marshmallows. So anyway, we want that instant gratification, right? So, so this is the idea here is like avoiding some of the ways that we can um, do this is by avoiding distractions, staying motivated and having a solid connection to our why, the why of our goals is critical. Um, and they're all examples of delay and gratification in favor of a long-term achievement, right? So we have to delay, for example, if we're talking about weight management, we might have to delay some cookies and chips, right? For the outcome in the future that is fantastic where we put on that bathing suit. We feel really good in it. Um, so the idea here is, is this idea of practicing delayed gratification. And it's not easy. It's a road less traveled, so to speak. So it's hard to put off something mildly fun or pleasurable now to gain something in the future. It's challenging for us and science has confirmed this. So for example, you could eat a whole row of cookies now, or you could practice delayed gratification and stick to your healthy eating and weight management efforts. So now let's go off on a little bit of a positive psychology side note. So the more aware that we are of our autonomic behavior reactions to impulses, the better prepared we can to delay those impulses. So according to positive psychology, one of the easiest ways to begin exercising your, I call it your delayed muscle um, or your delaying muscles um, is to practice mindfulness. It's kind of undoing this idea of automatic thinking or automatic pilot thinking and being aware of, you know, what it is what does trigger you or what impulses do you have? Um, you know, what are you procrastinating? What are you putting off? Right. So that is one thing just by being mindful and self-aware is really, really crucial. Now, this is a positive psychology tangent I'm going on, but it wasn't necessarily in the book, but it is this idea of delayed gratification is a psychological concept. So so tapping into also and using your strengths 
and your values, what you, what you value and what your, are your strengths can really help you build that delay muscle as well. Like for instance, you know, maybe you value productivity. So an example might be of this delay would be like, I love how it feels to get things done too much to put this off right now, right? I know how good I'm going to feel at the end of the day uh, to accomplish these things. So I'm, I'm going to focus on them. So it's amazing how we can use our strengths and our values to actually help us delay um, and, and use this idea of delay gratification. So, so yeah, so you want to basically um, start practicing this idea of delay gratification by looking at your habits, perhaps prioritizing your goals, you know, celebrating all those mini successes along the way and notice the compound effect of your daily efforts is really, really powerful. Um, and also create what's called an avoidance plan. So, so plan to avoid, you know, you know, so for, we mean, I keep using the cookie example, can't tell I love cookies. <laughs> Anyway, so you might avoid putting uh, cookies or purchasing your favorite cookies and putting them in the cupboard if you're creating an avoidance plan. Like that might be your plan is to not have them. Out of sight, out of mind, I always say. So an avoidance plan is a good one. One of my favorite positive psychology interventions um, and this idea of delayed gratification is... Um, you're going to face challenges. You're going to face obstacles, right? So it's hard when you're trying to delay this, this gratification. So another great tool is this if-then exercise. And it's basically saying, you know, if this happens, then I will do this, right? So you want to have that plan in place. And so it gives you almost like a framework. So you have alternative responses right away, ready for you. So that when that impulse presents themselves, you're going to have a plan in place. So for example, um, you might say, uh, if, if I want another snack, then I will first do 10 push-ups or walk around the block and drink a glass of water. So you can see how powerful this if-then exercise is. Now, this was not in the book, but this is just a side positive psychology little intervention or something that you can do that really helps this idea of delayed gratification, right? It buffers you a bit of space and prepares you, makes you psychologically prepared when the impulses are there, when you want that instant gratification gratification and allow that buffer time for delay. So sometimes we simply have to bear down and deal with the tricky stuff or the difficult stuff that life has to offer that we're faced with, right? And 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 know that there is going to be reward, right? There's going to be end results, reward in the future. We want to forfeit this immediate gratification because we know a future outcome is that much more valuable and that much more rewarding. So that is one of the concepts within his book is this idea of um, delaying self-discipline and practicing self-discipline and developing a habit of delaying gratification, making it a habit. And that's really for helping us with spiritual growth. So another thing that he talks about is that discipline also means accepting responsibility, being truthful and striking a healthy balance in your life. So now how many times have you been, you know, maybe I know when we talk a lot about addiction, um, people are in denial. Um, they perhaps don't 
admit that they have a problem and or um you know maybe they're not we don't take responsibility for what it is our reality is the situation that we're in so the idea here is to take full responsibility be truthful of where you are. And then it's all about creating this healthy balance in our life. So delayed gratification is just one tool that can help you bring about discipline in your life. It's like, you know, real self-discipline requires that you accept responsibility for your life as well. So this is really important. Self-discipline is this dedication to truth, you know, meaning that you're getting really honest and you're looking at your the reality of your life in a very honest manner. It's like, you know what? Maybe I do drink too much or you know what? Maybe um, my life has become unmanageable, loving someone with an addiction. I need to get honest with this. Or maybe, you know, it's just really delving in, you know, maybe I, you know, the reason I'm overweight is because, you know, I eat, ate all those chips on the weekend or or maybe the reason, you know, it's really getting honest with yourself and I'm just, you know, pulling a whole bunch here. Um, but it's all about finding that tool that, that for better, for the discipline and the self-discipline and taking responsibility and, and accepting your responsibility. And so in his book, he talks all about how can you get honest with yourself, right? Decide where your life is unbalanced, right? And use discipline. Discipline is the key, but you got to get honest and take responsibility for your life and that nobody else is going to do that. And then striking a balance using this discipline um, and getting truthful, right? And so delayed gratification, the author kind of talks about it like um, one of the things he talked about was like um, his experience, like, uh, you know, he had riding his bike full speed down a hill and, you know, he felt um, this amazing rush and he was reluctant to give up this ecstatic feeling, uh, which is why he wound up crashing into the forest. So as he learned, it can be painful to abandon the things that give us a rush. It's painful sometimes to let go of those things that give us an immediate rush, but losing balance can really hurt us even more. So losing this fine balance um, can, can actually hurt us even more, ruin our lives, change our lives, affect us in so many ways. So discipline is about accepting responsibility, being truthful with ourselves and then striking a balance, a healthy balance in our lives. And, uh, you know, so how can you get honest with yourself, right? Decide where your life is not feeling balanced and then apply discipline, right? It means letting go and giving up unhealthy habits. What unhealthy habits do you have right now? I know I have a few. <laughs> and so it's hard to get honest, right? So what extreme behaviors, you know, is throwing your life out of balance or maybe not even extreme, maybe it's slow and steady, something that you're doing um, that's throwing your life out of balance. Uh, so being honest with yourself, like these are the things that are affecting you, right? You know, maybe they add thrills to your life. Maybe they add, you know, pleasure right now, but you know, in the end, it doesn't turn out well. So where in your life are, you know, something that's giving you a rush maybe now, um, and adding some thrill to your life right now, or, you know, 
and affecting you negatively in the end, or it's not going to turn out well if you keep going on this path. So that's the idea in this section. Discipline is all about accepting responsibility, being truthful for what's out of balance and striking a healthy balance in our life. So that is a good one, isn't it? Okay, so the next part is love is closely linked to our spiritual growth and our self-discipline, right? When we love ourselves, we're more likely to treat ourselves with this respect and, and honor, you know, our needs and things like that. So um, he talks a lot about this in his book and that there's so much that's been written on this idea of love. But Scott Peck in his book, he says... Um, love is having the will to nurture your spiritual growth, basically looking after yourself, right? In this way, you can, you know, look at love as an important part of your evolution, of your spiritual growth, of your teaching and learning, right? And so it's really important. And he talks all about this idea of love as a state of being, and that it's important to understand that we first need to love ourselves before we can love anyone else. And so that is one of the main messages in his book. He talks all about too, like uh, a parent teaching a child how to behave in a disciplined manner. You know, for this to happen, the parent has to practice discipline themselves and, and act in a certain way. So, so this growth is really important, right? And this idea of being an example of loving yourself first is really crucial. And it's at the heart of it, right? And um, he talks in his book, and I love the way he put it, is that it's like a storage tank full of energy when we are, you know, practicing love. When you have love in your heart, it's like you're filling up your energy tank, right? That love is not a feeling, but an action basically that requires attention. And that's what he talks about within his book too. So yeah, so he talks about that. And he also talks about this idea of action and showing um, and that it, um, loving someone means giving them full attention and supporting their growth. Loving yourself is about giving yourself attention and supporting your growth. So we need to love ourselves first before we can uh, love others as well. Main message here. So I'm curious, like how can loving yourself help you, you know, and, and your spiritual growth. And, and also how can loving yourself help you with self-discipline, right? It's amazing. Some of the things that we put into our body or some of the things that we do are not good for our health. And, and it's not a form of self-love and care. So it, it's amazing how just reflecting on that can really help us in many, many ways. Then he does talk all about religion um, and that it's essentially our personal worldview. It doesn't have to necessarily fall into a religious category, but religion is very important for us to grow and expand and gain, and we can gain new perspective all the time. So, um, so he does question, you know, like when you think of religion, what comes to your mind? And for many of us, he says, that, you know, it's a set of rules, it's uh, rituals or ritual practices, it's being part of a group that believes or worships a, a god like and so regardless of your experience is what he says within his book too is that regardless of your experience and the perspective that you hold he really does emphasize this idea that we have the capacity for spiritual growth no matter what's what religious category uh, you find yourself in so if we allow for new experiences to inform our outlook on life then we are really going to open up our perspective and we're going to you know open up our world. And I love the way he put it in his book. He talked all about 
Think of yourself as a scientist. You're constantly questioning and exploring and investigating all that's around you and using this information to inform you and educate you and help you grow. And, and that's a really unique perspective, right? This mentality can help you learn, grow and evolve. And um, that is, that's a nice perspective. So don't let past experiences blind you to the beauty um, of your spiritual realm, like blind you to the beauty of what life has to offer. Okay, so another thing he talks about in his book is this idea of ordinary occurrences can illuminate the extraordinary phenomenon of grace. So instances like synchronicity and serendipity, I'm sure you've heard about it. And so he talked about this idea of um, grace in our life. And you've heard the song, I'm sure, Amazing Grace, and that it's, it's basically a common phenomena. It's a force that protects protects us, that helps us, you know, when we're in the most trying conditions, this idea of grace enables us to survive. It enables us to handle even some of the most adverse conditions. And Scott Peck talks all about, and he suggests that, that grace is this, um, is more than just this amazing resilience that we have or this survival instinct. It's also this force beyond our consciousness that nurtures our growth as human beings. He offers that we can see things as grace and that everything uh, is is unfolding and it ensures us to like, you know, um, just it, er, we have this urge to grow and learn and, um, and that this grace is within us. And there's so many amazing things that are unexplainable that are around us. Like it's no coincidence that we have amazing resilience. It's no coincidence that we have survival instinct and that this, there's this wonderful drive for growth as humans and, and, in, in we are constantly being urged to grow. So, you know, have you ever had a dream of a friend and then you suddenly shortly after run into that person or, you know, you're looking um, for direction in something in your life and that perfect book shows up, you know, at the checkout. Uh, synchronicity is this idea and this example of grace in action. There's grace like happens like, wow, that's so cool. Like that was meant to be there almost. And so he talks about this in his book and that synchronicity is basically the frequent occurrence of highly unlikely events that actually support us, that actually it's like grace. It's like hard to explain it, but it, it just happens. Um, when the events like this happen, they're beneficial. They make us feel good. Um, they help us in many ways. It's an act of what's called serendipity, right? Where it's the gift of finding valuable or agreeable things that you're not even looking for. It just shows up for you. So this is the ordinary occurrences really illuminates this idea of grace and really helps us and guides us. Um, and he talks a lot about that within his book. So the final point, the run, wonderful final um, point here within his book, one of the key takeaways is this idea that you know what? Humanity is lazy, right? It prevents us from attaining such wonderful spiritual growth. We're not always wanting to do the work, right? So laziness might be the biggest thing standing between us and spiritual growth, standing between us and what we want for ourselves. So he talks all about the original sin and how it's laziness and that we're not taking the time or the energy, you know, to properly 
um, develop ourselves, right? So it's this idea of um, we avoid things, we make bad decisions instead of making good ones, right? So this idea is we need to be really diligent about questioning ourselves, about getting to the bottom of why we're doing what we're doing. And um, so this idea is instead of like this lack of energy for growth um, is, you know, fear getting in the way of change. We're not wanting to do the work involved, right? Um, we don't want to move out of our comfort zone. So many people find this perspective of change threatening or they don't they don't want to bother because they don't want to put the effort in. And what he's saying in his book is that humanity generally they don't want to take this road, this, this path. It's, you know, that's why it's the road less traveled. And so this idea though, is that it's easier to, you know, ignore a new perspective than to take, take a new heart or new direction. It's easier, you know, just to have instant pleasure than to do the work for a bigger, stronger, amazing, more outcome. So, fear and laziness get in the way of our spiritual growth and we remain stagnant. We remain stuck. And so I'm curious, like where has laziness or fear or, you know, inability to do the required work gotten in the way of your growth? I'm probably guessing a lot. I know it happens to me. It still happens to me. It's happened in the past where this idea of you know, I want this so bad, but then if I really were to get honest with myself, well, Andrea, you know, you haven't really done the work to get you there. So if you want that, you can have that, but are you willing to do the work to get you there? And just acknowledging our resistance is really key, right? And we can start on our way to overcoming, you know, thinking traps and obstacles that might stand in our way. And so that is basically it. That is this book in a nutshell. Um, so living a life of spiritual growth requires a loving nature. It requires openness to new perspective. It's really in, including all this idea of understanding this force of grace and serendipity and synchronicity and that life will unfold for us. And, and we have to trust that it's about taking the road less traveled and recognizing that it's not easy. It's going to take effort It's going to take will, and it's going to really develop this strong sense of self-discipline and self-discipline is going to help us with this growth. So fortunately the tools of self-discipline and delayed gratification, and uh, can really help us with this idea of adding to our life, bringing about balance, bringing about the path that we really want for ourselves. And that's it. That is like that in a nutshell. So taking the road less traveled, bottom line, isn't easy, right? It takes effort, will, and a strong sense of self-discipline. But we also need to remember this idea of balancing our discipline. So here's some food for thought for you. Um, so too much of anything is undesirable, right? So it's really even discipline, too much discipline is undesirable. So don't be afraid to add some flexibility into your life. If you're overly rigid about working out and your eating habits, make sure you add some change from time to time. That's, the, that's one of the major um, takeaways or actionable nuggets from this book is looking at things from a perspective of like, what's healthy discipline mean to you? And how is that going to help you in your life with your growth? So that's it, my friends. Again, I'm Andrea Seidel. Thank you so much for listening.
Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.